0: Thank you. You are in the nation, Floyd's 99 Barbershop podcast. In the nation, you are welcomed, you are valued, you are encouraged, you are respected, you are empowered, you are supported,
1: you are equal.
0: Welcome to the nation. Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Nation. I'm one of the co-hosts of The Nation. My name is Patrick Butler and alongside my fellow hosts, April Anderson and Kelly Woolen, our goal is to bring you episodes that represent Floyd's 99 Shop. And when I say represent Floyd's, I'm talking about the people and the events and topics that are relevant to our world. We aim to bring you stories about our people and the journey they're on and the topics that really affect everyone on a day-to-day basis. That being said, I'm excited to jump into this particular episode because we're going to talk about one of the topics that is really hot within the industry in our world texture. We're going to talk about how it affects us and what we're aiming to do about it. And to do that, we're also bringing in a special guest. I'm very excited to bring in John Mosley. If you know him on Instagram, you know him as popular nobody. John has traveled all over teaching classes to so many people within the industry, and I'm excited he took time to talk to us on today's episode of The Nation. So that being said, I want to take a minute though to introduce someone who's going to talk about the nation and what it represents to us at Floyd's 99 barber shop. Without further ado, here's our president, Phil Horvath. Phil?
1: Hi everyone. This is Phil Horvath, president of Floyd's. I'm excited to be with you here on the Floyd's Nation podcast and uh, you know, I'm here to really speak about what Floyd's Nation stands for and what it means. You know, when I first came to Floyd's, I had heard about Floyd's Nation and uh, didn't really know what it meant. Uh, had a chance to to kind of do some thinking and some thought process around it, and uh, it's a good friend of mine that's in the in the uh, industry and in leadership, and he had a great definition of, of nation, and so I kind of took a look at that and and used some of that format to to really kind of craft what our Floyd's Nation is about and what it really stands for. So I wanted to share that with you today, and uh, and uh, give you some insight into Floyd's Nation. So first and foremost, Floyd's Nation, you know, when you take a look at it, it, it is our business. And our business is a nation when you really think about it. And what's most important is when you think about a business, it's really comprised of citizens, like most nations, and our citizens are our team members, each and every one of you. It's also made up of our culture. And our culture, as we know, is made up of things such as our purpose, our passion, values, traditions, and recognition as well, things which are are extremely important to Floyd's and and to, to our organization. You know, I think the other thing when I think about Floyd's and and our nation and being a business is it has its own soul. And when you think of Floyd's soul, you know, I I relate it to the vibe of Floyd's. You know, every single shop that you go into has its own unique vibe, but it still is a Floyd's vibe that kind of cuts across all locations. Uh, And that to me is really what's unique about Floyd's and our soul is that vibe of Floyd's. In addition, you know, a nation has a flag. And the flag is really what is our brand. You really think about it. It's kind of what we put the stake in the ground is what our brand and who we stand for and what we stand for. And part of that brand, a big part of it, is about our purpose. And what I view as purpose is our focus on growing our people so that they can really earn a better living to live their best lives. And that's so important to, I know, all of us, that why we love Floyd's is because we are about our people and we're about growing our people. The second thing around... Being a brand, and what's important as a brand is our passion for our clients. You know, Our clients, we know, are so important to us because they really are what allows us to do what we do because they're so loyal to us and they love the Floyds brand. And in large part because we provide that amplified experience uh, that each and every one of you deliver every single day. And, and we're grateful for you for doing that because you do an awesome job at that. And you also do some kick-ass haircuts along the way. In addition, our nation has a language. All nations have languages. You know, one of what I believe is important about our language is the language of leadership and how all of us, you know, really speak to leadership uh, and a focus on serving others. I really refer to it as servant leadership. You know, serving others and leadership is really what it's all about. It kind of ties back to that purpose of growing our people, right? If we're focused on that, you're really serving others and making sure that they're successful because if they are successful, we all will be successful. And part of that language is also our transparent approach to communication, making sure that we're always transparent about what is happening in the business, where we're going in the future. Uh, it's very important to us to, to be transparent at all, all times. And what we went through the last year or so, given during the pandemic, really taught us that, that that is so important because... Uh, You never know when the business is going to be put under challenges uh, of such a nature that you have to be transparent in your communication in order to get everybody through to the other side of something of that nature, which credit to the team at Floyd's, they've done an awesome job of making that happen, and to all of you as well. And I think the important thing about the language is that it really unites the team. You know, it's our language, it unites us together um, as we move forward. The other thing that I would like to speak about is the nation has beliefs, all nations has beliefs. Um, and I think a big belief is really all of us believing in the future of the brand and the future of where Floyd's is headed. It's important that we all get behind that, we all support that, because that's what leads to success, because it's, it really comes down to that teamwork and the effort of all of us to make it happen. And then we will all succeed, and it's, it always you know, goes with that saying is that the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? So if we work together, uh, each of us individually, but at the same time collectively as a community within, within our nation, we will all be successful. And then our nation also has service and products. You know, at the, at the essence of it, we have to make sure that our service is based upon our dedication to the craft. And that's why I'm so thrilled that, you know, Floyd's has always been about, you know, really pushing the quality envelope and making sure that we are the best at what we do in our craft. And we're going to continue to do that and even more so in future. The product is also important. It's, it's key to delivering the quality of our service. So obviously the focus on great products that we use on our clients our Floyd's brand obviously being the best, it's important that we continue to innovate that and push the envelope there to always continue to make sure it's the best. And last but not least is our guarantee is what builds trust with our clients. That promise to them that they're gonna have that great amplified experience is what's so unique to Floyd's and why so many customers are loyal to Floyd's because of that great amplified experience and then they trust that they have that you're gonna make them look and feel great. And in the end, really, I wanted to speak to how the nation of Floyd's is for everyone. Something that you know, we're really making sure that we stress that it is about everyone. And Floyd's has always been for everyone tons of respect to the O'Brien brothers and what they've created uh, to be able to bring Floyd's to life and make sure it was for everyone. And for everyone means that we respect and value each person's individual journey. We've always done that at Floyd's. We let them express their individuality in personality and in style, which as I travel all of our shops, that's the one thing when I ask that question, what people love about Floyd's, It is about the fact that they love that we value individuality and they can express themselves. And that's something we will never, never let go of at Floyd's. And Floyd's for everyone, in the end, in these words, it means you're welcomed, you're valued, you're encouraged, you're respected, you're empowered, you're supported, and everyone is equal. So that's about the Floyd's Nation that I wanted to share with you guys. Listen, everybody... Love you. Have a great day. Peace out.
0: Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. Well, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, we're going to focus on texture. We're going to focus on some of the challenges that we've seen within our shops and what we're doing about it. I'm going to get to that interview with John Mosley as well, but let's talk about texture in general. Over the course of the last year or so, texture has become a hot topic within the industry. You've seen many companies and brands focus on texture and tell you what they're going to do to address it well we've done the same thing and in my journeys across the country i've spoken to several people within our shops that face challenges with texture whether they're stylists that are lacking some experience or cscs the people who are behind our front desk working with our clients directly or shop managers all of them have faced equal challenges whether it is language and making sure they're using the correct terminology so someone is not offended and properly addressed Or it's finding that confidence to face any type of texture when they're behind the chair. All these challenges are important and relevant, and they're now more present than ever. And as we go through this conversation, I'm going to speak to John about some of the things that he may recommend, as well as things that we're going to do inside of our shops to make sure that our staff feels more confident with language and their technical skills. But let's kick things off with that interview with John Mosley. John started out behind the barber chair, and then he grew into television, commercials, and movies. He's gone on to be featured in GQ, New York Times Style, as well as Rolling Stone and Ebony. He's also been on tour with several musical artists. At the heart of things, though, he's dedicated to education, dedicated to educating the stylists and barbers across the country so they can grow behind the chair as well. Sit back and enjoy this talk with John Mosley. All right, well, I am joined uh, by Mr. John Mosley. And if you guys know anything about Instagram and have seen his account, you should know it. It's called, uh, the handle is popular nobody, popular underscore nobody. And he's got a great account. And it's all based on the fact that he's an incredible educator. A man that stood behind the chair and then gained a tremendous amount of experience in the industry. He's recognized throughout our industry for his accomplishments and just the way he brings himself to the classroom and to the stage. John represents um true humble beginnings and carries that through with all of his education. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, John. Thank you for joining us on Floyd's Nation.
2: Oh man, thank you for reaching out and, you know, making this happen and Man, hello to everybody in Floyd's nation. I'm glad I could be a part of y'all nation right now. I'm typically a part of Raider nation, but I, I go with Floyd's nation. Today.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Well, let's let us let everybody know a little bit about you, John, because you've got an incredible history um, in the industry and how you got into it. And would you mind just taking a couple of minutes and, to share how you got into the industry, but then John, how you pushed yourself to grow beyond what you were doing before?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, The way I got in this industry, I come from a beauty background, meaning my mother's in the beauty industry. Her name is Doris Mosley. My two sisters are in the beauty industry. We have Ann Mosley and Lily Frierson King and a host of aunts and a host of cousins. That's all in the beauty industry. But I was actually playing college football, and I didn't want to get hit by grown men for free anymore. So I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of like, I need to figure out something to do. And I knew my mom wasn't going to just let me skate by. My pops wasn't going to let me skate by. And so I I decided to tell a tale. You know, we tell our kids every day not to lie. But I lied. And I told my mom I wanted to go to barber school. And it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was just I knew I I needed to tell her something that was going to buy me some time. And I felt like barber school was going to do that because she would be so excited that her son is looking at the industry she's in. And... A couple days later, I was enrolled in barber school and that was pretty much it for me. And this is the product of my mom saying this is the last damn thing I'm paying for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Now, when you got in, one of the things I've heard you tell this story before, John, and one of the things that I really admire about you is when you started working behind the chair and you went to the first shop that you went to, I believe one of the things, and, and forgive me if I don't get this quote accurate, but one of the things that you said is, I'm going to stay with you until I have a, an opportunity to grow beyond, but I'm going to stay committed to you. Is that the, am I getting the wording right?
2: That's hundred percent accurate.
0: I mean, I, I just admire that commitment that you made to that shop owner and that you've stayed with. Now you took it a step further and you had the opportunity to get into some um, TV work and film work. How did that come about for you?
2: Oh, uh, the first TV opportunity um, I was actually sitting in the barbershop in Long Beach, California. And in my earlier part of my career, I used to just go sit in the car instead of just hanging out in the barbershop. I would go sit in the car and like just chill out there because that's where all the clients were. They were in the parking lot. So I would sit out there and kind of like scalpel, you know, <laughs> haircuts and be like, oh, can I cut your hair? Can I cut your hair? And so one day I was just in the car and... Um, I was sitting there and I got a phone call from a young lady, uh, rest in peace, named Yolanda Johnson. And uh, she called me and she asked me, uh, she she described one of my family members, but was asking for me. And she said, aren't you Doris Mosley's son? But she had the description totally different. And she was describing my cousin, Kenneth, who was light skinned, green eyes. And I'm not that. I'm dark-skinned, brown eyes, and I'm six six, and he's five foot something, you know, and so she was like, hey, I'm on the, you know, I got a TV show I'm working on, Celebrity Fit Club, and our barber passed away, and we needed a replacement, and so we were wondering would you be available until we find a replacement, and so I was like, yeah, you know, no problem, like, I would love to take this opportunity, and then uh, after I hung up the phone, I said, there is no until I am done to. And so I knew then I just had to go and show up and perform and just be who I am, who, who I am. And, and, you know, hopefully they love that. And that's what happened. And the first day I went to set instead of just day checking, I ended up getting a contract and I worked six seasons on that show.
0: That's amazing, man. Just by showing up and, and following through. Um, That is impressive. Now you've gone on beyond that and you've been able to work, uh, you know, uh, the reason I'm real excited about this man is Floyd's is uh, known as a rock and roll barbershop. We support all types of music. And one of the things that you've been able to do is actually tap into the music world and you've been able to work with several different artists. Um, I'm not going to name check them, but uh, I'll let you talk about a couple people that you've been able to work with because it's impressive.
2: Yeah, I did tap into the music industry. The most uh, publicized have been Kendrick Lamar. Um, people know me for being on tour with him and working with him. And that's something that you could Google. So if you want to fact check everybody listening, you Google Kendrick Lamar's Barber. I pop up. Um, I've been on tour with Eminem Ariana. Rihanna. I worked with Ice Cube. I've worked with TI. I worked with Young Jeezy um, and so many others. Uh, and so it's just been a blessing honestly to be able to tap into that part of the industry and it's something that my mom always you know say because she's 46 years in the beauty industry and she said once you get your license there's a lot of doors of opportunity and you could walk down the hallway and look to the left and there's manufacturing there's product development there's shop ownership there's just stylists there's platform artists or you could look to the right and there's you know, uh, business building, consulting, uh, being on tour with celebrities. And so I kind of just took that approach and said, you know what? I want to do a little bit of everything.
0: That's impressive, man. I mean, obviously, those are huge celebrities, but you've been able to take that back, man, and still stay true to your work behind the chair and build a team around you that has gone on to educate so many people across the country. Um, tell me this. How does that tie into, real quick, because I got to touch on your name, man, Popular Nobody. I can't get by without talking about that. How did that come about, and, and how did you tap into that?
2: Yeah, so the name it's it's what it is. You know, growing up, I've always been a popular person amongst my group of friends. I've always had leadership quality. Um, and so when it came to the barbering world or the beauty industry, I've never really spoke about who my clients are, I never post really about who my clients are, but my work is everywhere. Like my work might be on some of the Floyd's walls in there and nobody ever knows because I don't broadcast it. And to me, it's like, you know, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for every opportunity that I get. And so it's not like, I don't need the world to tell me how cool my job is. I know how awesome my job is. I know the purpose behind what I do. And so for me, it's more or less like, my boys was like, man, your work is everywhere. You're kind of like a popular nobody. And I was like, well, oh, there it is. <laughs> and it's a mystery. You know, it keeps you out of the box that everybody likes to go in. When we start Instagrams and stuff like that, we always put names like, oh, the barber such and such are this and that barber are blends and this. And so when you do that, you're letting the world know who you are, but you're also putting yourself in a specific category. And barbering is a small percentage of the beauty industry. So for me, I always knew I wanted to do more than just barbering inside this industry. So popular nobody was something that was me. And you know that's who I am. And you, know, you look at people building brands and a lot of them say, you got to build a character. You got to have this image and you got to do this. And I'm trying to show the world you don't have to do any of those things. You can be you, just love you, and have balance with who you are, and your brand will speak for itself.
0: That's perfect, man. That's a perfect description. Well, you just mentioned something that hit home with us on this episode. We're talking about um, texture in particular, and I wanted your take on a couple things. Um, You mentioned, uh, you know, the fact that we've got a world now with Instagram where we've got cosmetologists blending with barbers and the industry is just growing, especially with social media, man. But here's something that we've been facing and and I want to get your take on texture has turned into a hot topic, Um, especially as we look at last year with the awareness uh, surrounding diversity and inclusion. You saw texture just push to the forefront and I can tell you this, at Floyd's, with all of our shops, we see it come in every day, but I'll be honest with you, we're also faced with the challenge. We're faced with the challenge with people who still need to build their skills up and want to learn more on how to approach texture and curl in particular. I'm kind of curious some of your takes on where you see things right now with texture and what people can do to focus on that so they can improve.
2: Um, I w- And yes, you're right. We have seen it pushed to the forefront. We have seen so many people jumping in and talking about it, companies jumping on board and trying to push it to the forefront. And for me, that's great. That's that's great to see. But at the end of the day, who are you going to have teaching it? And what I mean by that is don't just have somebody teach it because they could spit something back to you have somebody teach it that really knows it, understand it and lived inside of that world. And I don't mean the culture, but I mean the texture world that played with all different types of textures because fabric is fabric and at the end of the day we cut fabric. You know, there's many different types of carpet, there's many different types of vinyl of floors. What tools do you use to make the right job, to get the job done the right way? And so I think it's a bigger dive than just the product that you put in the hair, but you gotta have the right tools. You gotta have the right understanding. With texture, curly, extra curly, you could cut against the grain, with the grain and cross the grain. Well, straight hair, we're typically, you're gonna stay against the grain only, right? And so your tool selection is different, where in the texture world, if you're doing a fro, you're gonna use a seven plus inch scissor, not a five inch (laughs) scissor. So it's like having all that understanding is the first step. You know, it's not just necessarily just diving in and doing it because you could you got a pair of clippers in your hand. No, it's understanding how to do it and how to do it properly and what to use when you're doing it. Uh, For me, I think is the biggest thing. I don't care if you white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Spanish. I don't care if you live in that world and you're skilled in that world. Help the next person out.
0: Now, have you seen with a lot of the classes you're teaching, where do you think some of the hesitation is? Where do you think people need to start to take that first step to build that confidence?
2: I'm an educator, so I'm going to say call me first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I think the hesitation is you really don't know who to go to. You really don't know who's the educators that you can really tap into to really get that overall like good education behind the texture world. And so I would say first step is making the right calls and, and finding out like, who can you talk to to help you with that? Um, if that's the world you wanna play in a little bit, you know, um, making sure that you're using the right products in those situations. Um, and that's really where it starts, getting educated. Education is the key. Education is never gonna steer us wrong. so let's not be afraid to get educated one of the things i say and i stand firm on that is that most people think the most important four-letter word is love and it's not it's help we all want love but we all need help and i think the more we start opening our minds up to saying it's okay i don't know but i know somebody who knows what you did as a human being you just validated that next person but also showed your strength and your and show the world how comfortable you are saying, I'm not the best, but I could get help.
0: That's fantastic, man. And that's an amazing outlook. I appreciate you sharing that because it's right on. Um, John, let me ask you this um, help me out because one of the topics that's come up a lot is proper terminology. And <laughs> we see this a lot. And, um, And hear this a lot. And it's one thing that we're trying to change and terminology is so key when you're describing um, different types of services and hair textures and fabrics, as you mentioned, you know, as an example, I'll be really honest, one word that's come up a lot. um, People will uh, say something to the effect of, well, I don't know how to cut ethnic hair. And one thing, one thing we're trying to change is, hey that's actually not the right way to approach that. Um, actually we're all ethnic. <laughs> we, we all are. So how, how is that, uh, accurate? What do you see when it comes to terminology and what would you recommend when it comes to terminology?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say ethnic hair because it's not ethnic hair. And I wouldn't say natural hair either because we all have natural hair. It grows straight from our head out. That's natural. You know, uh, So for me, it's more or less like calling it what it is, curly, extra curly, wavy, and straight. Those are your four types of textures. Now, inside of those, there are different formations that happen inside of those textures. So once again, it goes back to knowledge, education, all of that, understanding that you have four textures with many formations. Once you get that down pat, it's no longer ethic, it's no no longer natural. We call it what it is.
0: Spot on. Um, let me ask you this, John: With some of the classes that you and your team are teaching right now, um, what are you what are you seeing the demand for the most right now? Where are you and your team having the biggest impact with education?
2: Well, the unique thing about our our team and our brand is that we're so well diverse. It's not just barbering. We color color. We color cut, and we color we cover business. We color we cover every. Hair type and texture, and every technique and everything. So, for us, it's really like we cover the beauty industry. Whatever somebody wants, they could call them. And and I got somebody on on my creative team that will be able to suit.
0: That's fantastic. Now, let me ask you this uh, as we kind of wrap things up. Let me ask you, what's next for you, man? What are some of the goals that you've got for yourself and your team? What's next?
2: Uh, To be happy, to continue to be happy. Uh, and continue to just do what we do, share our knowledge, share our information with the world, be happy to give it back to people. Um, When it comes to that, we, you know, online education, I just picked up some more equipment. I have my own private studio now that we could do live streaming broadcasting from with four camera angles and things like that. So we're looking to go into the digital world. I kind of took a step back and just wanted to see how it was gonna play out with COVID. And as shows and things start getting back, there's still a part of the world that may not wanna travel, may not wanna to get to those shows, but they still want the information. So we're gonna utilize that. So as we go out and do things, we'll start streaming as well to earn extra revenue for the artists that's under our collective. Um, so we have that, that going, the online education side at the popularnobody.com, the mentorship program, I'm into consulting now to help people build their brands and business. Uh, I helped a barbershop in Houston grow a million dollars inside of the COVID year. So, you know, um, that's that's where I'm at. I'm at a point in my career where it's not about necessarily teaching as much hair cutting, but just mindset, challenging your mindset, challenging yourself to be better. Uh, life is 80 percent. Mental ten percent or twenty percent physical, so it's like the more we could tap into that and understand that, our jobs become easier. And so that's for me, that's where I'm headed to step it up and be more respected as the entrepreneur, the uh, the CEO, um, and not just the artist that cut dope hair anymore. I, I want to be known for more than that, and I want to continue to leave a strong legacy in this industry of what I'm doing.
0: Well, you've done an amazing job so far, and I have no doubt that you're going to achieve all of that. Um, John, it's been just a pleasure talking to you, and And at Floyd's, we're big fans of what you do. Uh, we're big fans of Popular Nobody. I, I mentioned a couple of people today I'm going to be talking to you, and they're like, what?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> he's amazing, man. I love his Instagram. I've seen him on stage, and they have for a really good reason. You've done amazing work, and you impact so many people in our industry, and we appreciate what you do.
2: Uh- Thank you. I, I couldn't be more honored when you asked me to be a part of this conversation. Um, you know, I, I never turn them down. I respect when people come to me because if, if you value my opinion and you value my, my, my knowledge, then I'm gonna value your time as well. So I appreciate the full Floyd's nation for allowing me to hang out with you guys today. And I would love to do some education inside of Floyd. So when y'all ready for me, let me know and uh, maybe get to spread some popular nobody love throughout Floyd's all over the country.
0: Well, we will definitely be extending that invitation to have you join us and teach to our staff, John. I appreciate you joining us on The Nation today. If you guys want to check out more of John's work, please go to Instagram and follow him on popular underscore nobody or to go to popularnobody.com. In the meantime, We're faced with the challenge at Floyd's. We need to be able to adapt and really make sure our staff can approach texture and have the confidence to do so and have the education that's going to back them up to feel confident. To do that, we're doing a couple things. Here's what we've done in the past and we're going to continue with. Successful classes where we bring in an educator into the shop. Shut down. Make sure we do a demo haircut where you can see things up close and personal and ask questions. The educators are going to be working on different types of textures that allow you the chance to see it up close and in person. In addition to that, we need to bring you hands-on education, and that's our goal. We're striving to bring hands-on education where you can adapt to different types of textures and ask questions from educators and make sure you can walk away feeling confident in what you've just learned beyond that, we want to bring in special guests. That's right. We're going to start with John Mosley. We're going to bring John in so that he can teach classes inside the doors at Floyd's alongside other educators that are experienced in dealing with different types of textures. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of The Nation. We're excited about the future episodes that we have lined up. They're coming soon. Look for those on all your favorite podcast outlets. Take care. and We'll talk to you soon. The Nation is brought to you by Floyd's 99 Barbershop. Look for future episodes on Spotify Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts. And do yourself a favor. Give us a follow on Instagram at Floyd's 99 Barbershop as well as Floyd's 99 Nation. Thank you, Phil. appreciate that. Well, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, we're going to focus on texture. We're going to focus on some of the challenges that we've seen within our shops and what we're doing about it. I'm going to get to that interview with John Mosley as well, but let's talk about texture in general. Over the course of the last year or so, texture has become a hot topic within the industry. You've seen many companies and brands focus on texture and tell you what they're going to do to address it well we've done the same thing and in my journeys across the country i've spoken to several people within our shops that face challenges with texture whether they're stylists that are lacking some experience or cscs the people who are behind our front desk working with our clients directly or shop managers all of them have faced equal challenges whether it is language and making sure they're using the correct terminology so someone is not offended and properly addressed or it's finding that confidence to face any type of texture when they're behind the chair. All these challenges are important and relevant, and they're now more present than ever. And as we go through this conversation, I'm going to speak to John about some of the things that he may recommend, as well as things that we're going to do inside of our shops to make sure that our staff feels more confident with language and their technical skills. But let's kick things off with that interview with John Mosley.
2: John started out behind the barber chair,
0: and then he grew into television, commercials, and movies. He's gone on to be featured in GQ, New York Times Style, as well as Rolling Stone and Ebony. He's also been on tour with several musical artists. And At the heart of things, though, he's dedicated to education, dedicated to educating the stylists and barbers across the country so they can grow behind the chair as well. Sit back and enjoy this talk with John Mosley.